Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you we can meet together and celebrate you. Lord, I pray today, Holy Spirit, that you will come and wash over us. You'll bring healing. You'll bring revelation. You'll bring life. You'll bring the fullness of heaven into our lives. Lord, I pray, confirm your word with your signs, your wonders, your miracles. Lord, your healing. We want to see Jesus glorified today. Speak words of life, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You have your Bibles there, Romans chapter 12. And if you don't have your Bible, it's a good thing, place to bring it. We continue our series talking around financial breakthrough. And today I want to feel like move back a bit almost. Um, it's almost like taking a step back so we can step forward. Because um, with this process, there's this, you're putting the Word of God in, you're putting the Word of God in, and that's really key in this whole process is that the Word of God comes in. And Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. All right? And what, what, what Paul's writing, he says there is, look, the world out there has given us a way of thinking about life. And it's not wrong. And it is wrong, sorry. I went through three sentences in my, my mind right then and it came out wrong. There is a way of thinking in the world that says this is how things work. And it, the term we use actually goes back to the Babylonians. And at the time they dominated the whole of the world and they had this system where they would, you know, the Babylonians would go in and conquer a place. They would take the brightest young minds of that place and they'd bring them back to Babylon. And then they, for about three years, they would school them in Babylonian thoughts so that they would then be able to advise the king, but they knew how the system worked for the Babylonians. All right? And that's where a lot of our commerce and our trade now comes from, that era. All right? that the whole, and the whole concept of get, get, get is really how it works now is built out of the Babylonian era. But it's not how God works, all right? because we know that God's whole principle is to give, right? How did he gain so many people into his kingdom? He gave his son. Does that make sense? That's how God works. He says, you have a need, what does he tell you to do? To give, to ask. But it starts with giving. And then God gives back to us. And, and he, said, like he said to Abraham, I want to bless you so that you can be a blessing. But it starts with giving and it's the opposite to what the world says. And so we have to actually change how we think because God's system does not make logical sense in the Babylonian system. And you have to get that through your head, that you are schooled and educated under the world system. And we need to no longer conform to the world system, but be transformed into God's system. And how does that happen? By the renewing of our mind. You have to change how you think. Because you see, there's three parts to your being. You have your spirit, which when you become a Christian, Holy Spirit comes and resides there. Then you have your body. That's the thing you can see, right? And in between those two is what we call your soul, which is your mind, your heart, your emotions, your feelings. That's actually the real you, all right? Your body is just a container. If I gave you a packet of biscuits, are you going to enjoy the packet? No. What do you want? You want the stuff on the inside because that's the real stuff, isn't it? You know, I went down and I bought some Royals, you know, Royals chocolates, the ones with the marshmallows in the middle, chocolate around the outside. You know, I went down and I bought some this morning for morning tea. I don't know what happened to them, but no. 
But I went down and bought something. Now, when I put the packet out, no one's going to go, oh, wow, I want to eat the plastic because it's just the wrapping. What you want is the stuff inside, right? And that's how you are. What's around you is just your wrapping. It's actually not the real you. The real you is your soul because that's where your mind, your emotions, when we say your heart is, that's the real you and that's the battleground because you have your body on the outside that says, I want this, I want that satisfy my desires and you have your spirit on the inside that is holy spirit that says walk in god's way and in between is your soul where your mind resides not your brain your mind and that's where your will is where your thought processes are that's what has to be transformed to no longer go the way of your flesh or your fleshly desires but to go the way of the spirit you have to be transformed because your mind has been schooled in the thoughts of the world You go to school and they say, this is how it works. This is how you think. This is how the world goes around. This is the process. And then experience will teach you things in the world. And you go through disappointments and loss. And you start to frame up a way of thinking according to your life experiences and education. But none of that's true. None of that's true. It's facts, but it's not true. And you've got to learn that difference between fact and truth. Facts change. Truth doesn't. If you don't believe me, when you all came in here, it was about 9.30. That was a fact at that time. If I said to you, the fact now is it's 9.30 now, would you believe me? No. Why? Because the fact has changed. Does that make sense? Facts change, but truth doesn't. And the truth is this, God's Word. And we have to learn to live by truth, not by facts. We need to learn to live by truth rather than what we experience. And if your experience doesn't line up with the truth, it's your experience that has to change. If your thinking doesn't line up with truth, it's your thinking that has to change. Because God's word is not going to change. God is not going to change. This is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's above time. You know, you have this line. And this line is like, you know, we live below the line. We need to learn to go above the line. Because above the line is where there's no time. There's no barriers. There's no limits. There's God. And we have to learn to move into that realm because then that will influence what happens in this realm. Does that make sense? You following me? All right, because I want us to actually step into a process. We've been talking about finances and so on, and you need to be, we need to be putting in the Word of God because when, what you put into your life is what will come out. Don't you know that? You know, if you hang around somebody who swears all day, eventually you're going to pull one of those words out. If you hang around someone who is always negative, you're going to end up being negative. You know those people? You know, they could turn cream sour. And what does with sour cream have an expiry date? What's that all about? Yeah. <laughs> it's like croutons. It's stale bread. How does it have an expiry date? <laughs> anyway, if you hang around people, you become like those people you hang around. That's why coming to church is important. Because when you hang around people who are seeking God, you become a person who seeks after God. When you try and live the Christian life in isolation away from hanging together, it's harder. Because you don't have that influence, because you're in the world all the time, that influence is always in there. And this is where your time, that's why it's important to come into church, it's important to be in a connect group, you know, in the prayer meeting and so on, even if it's just to help you focus on what God has for you, becoming who it is and having that influence around your life. Now, if you struggle with prayer, the best place you can go is a prayer meeting, because there you're actually around people who pray and you learn and you grow. And we have this thing, oh, I can't go to the prayer meetings, I'm not very good at praying. That's rubbish. That's when you go. It's like people say, oh, I don't want to go to church because it's full of hypocrites. 
Oh, I'm sorry, don't you go to work? There's hypocrites there, isn't there? Get on a bus, there's people hypocrites there. I'm not saying we're perfect. What I'm saying is by hanging out together, we influence each other because we're seeking God. And you need to be putting into yourself the good stuff. You need to be putting the Word of God in, the Word of God in, the Word of God in. So we talked about one of the steps in in changing your your thinking around finances is taking the Word of God and putting it in every day. You know, we call them gospels. You know, if you're sick, you put in a gospel, the Word of God and what He says about healing. You do it two, three, four, five, six, seven times a day, at least in the morning, at least in the evening. That's what David says in the Psalms. Start doing that. He says, you take the word of God in the morning and the evening, you speak it over your life and you meditate and think about it, it starts to transform how you think. He says, you become like a tree planted by water. What's a tree like when it's planted by water? It doesn't matter what happens else around. It grows up. You know, I remember being going out in the bush as a younger kid and you know, we'd be out there. And you, I mean, we're on the edge of the desert. It was pretty barren some places. But you always knew where the water was because you get this, like, this line of trees. And there's no visible water. There's this line of trees that meanders like this, and you knew you'd go there and you could dig, and you dig deep enough, you would actually find a stream down there or a pool of water. Because the tree planted by water blooms and blossoms and is fruitful regardless of what else is going on around it. And that's the importance of having the Word of God morning and evening. You become like that. You're putting the Word of God in. You may not feel like it's doing any good, but it's starting to transform how you think. But today I want to take a little step back from that because you need to be doing that. But one of the keys is sometimes you can't put something in without taking something out. In other words, you've got to take things out before you can put things in. You know that's true? You know, if I get a cup of water, take Ivan's cup here, it's got his name on it, right? It's half full. If I fill that with water and then I just keep pouring water in, what's going to happen? It's going to overflow, all right? Now, if I wanted to put sand in there, what's going to happen? I've got to take the water out, put the sand in, or the sand's going to push the water out. If I put rocks in there and then I try and put water in there, how much water does it take? Not a lot. And the water won't necessarily wash out the rocks. Sometimes you've got to pull the rocks out to put the fresh stuff in. Today I want us to actually step into taking some stuff out and putting fresh stuff in. And this is more around the area of, of, of how we think and experiences in our life. Because your experience in your life will actually determine how you think about things like money. And if you're okay with money, then you can apply this to any area of your life. But your experience will actually determine how you think about money. It's like if, if you go and watch Jaws day in, day out, I guarantee you after about a week, you will not go swimming. <laughs> and if you do, you will spend the whole time looking over your shoulder. I had to laugh. I thought, how stupid, how stupid are people doing this? But they actually had people floating out on these like air mattresses and this big screen up on the beach showing the movie of Jaws. I thought, why would you do that to yourself? You just want to be the guy in the water, don't you? Tickling people's feet underneath. <laughs> but it's true. If you go and do that, you're going to start thinking different and it will actually start to form your experience. And here's the amazing thing about memories because I want to really look into the area of memories and actually changing memories in our life because they form how you think. All right? But the amazing thing about memories is, is the last memory you had of it actually becomes fact for you. All right? So if you take this right now, we're all sitting in this room. I'll use Christian at the moment. Christian's over there wearing a white shirt. Now, if you in a couple of days started, you know, you saw Christian down the street and he was wearing a red shirt, you can actually transpose that memory of today, seeing Christian in a red shirt and actually see him today wearing that red shirt. And if you hold that memory, it'll actually become the memory you have of today, that Christian was wearing a red shirt. And you will believe it's true, even though we all know he's wearing a white shirt. 
So you actually change how you remember things, now you think about things, according to the last time you remembered it. So if you think back to maybe your last birthday, if you thought something happened on that birthday and it didn't actually happen, it actually becomes the memory that you hold and you actually believe it happened. So memories are fluid. They're not fixed. And therefore the reaction how they shape you can be a fluid thing, not a fixed thing. A little scary, isn't it? That's why sometimes you have a conversation with somebody and you go, oh, and this happened. They go, no, 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 that was at this thing. And you go, no, 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 that was there. One of you has actually, or maybe both of you, has actually changed the memory from the last time you remembered it. So you may both be wrong. You may both be right. Does that make sense? You, you Are you following me? Because it's really important that you understand this. All right? And in the area of finances, how you think about finances is dictated by the experiences that you've had and the memories of them. And that's what we need to change. And you need to be putting the Word of God in and what it says about finances and about financial breakthrough in your life. But you also need to pull out the root of things in your life that are actually negative and change those memories or remove them. And you can do that because you're powerful. Your mind is not fixed. It's a fluid thing. Your brain is not fixed. It's a fluid thing. You can actually change how those paths work. And I won't go into all the science. If you want to, there's some great books like Switch on Your Brain, which will go through in great detail for all those who want the big detail stuff. I just want to give you an overview and I want us to start a process of actually changing how we think about money, about finances and so on. Because it'll transform how you said. And I thought I was okay with this. And for about 12 months, Dale and I, over the last few months, we've been really pushing into financial breakthrough and putting the Word of God in, putting the Word of God in, and it starts to bring change. But this week, we really really sort of came to, you know what, there's a blockage there. There's something happening that is stopping this breakthrough. And so I actually walked through this process and realized there were certain events in my life that I had used to pre-program how I saw God's provision in my life and how I saw financial breakthrough. And I had taken those situations and they became my truth rather than God's word being my truth because of how I interpreted those situations. And let me, let me just give you one of them. One of them is when, um, when I was, look, I, I was very young, all right, um, able to read, so probably about eight, nine maybe. Um, and I can remember actually, because my parents were missionaries, they were on a mission. And so every couple of years, we would actually go back to Sydney, which is where my dad's from, um, and we'd usually spend about, you know, about three or four weeks there. And then we'd actually go across New Zealand where my mum's from. And we'd have maybe a month there. Um, so I used to start school about three four weeks late every year. It was really cool. Um, because we'd go for about two or three months. We'd drive across because flying across in those days was so jolly expensive. It was ridiculous. Um, and, you know, we're a family of five. And so we'd drive across. And my dad built this trailer purpose built for it. But we used to, on Sundays, we used to go around to all these churches that supported my parents as missionaries. And so they would have to go every couple of years. They would go and they would talk to these people. And, and it was just like, you know, part of the whole talking thing was to, you know, make sure they were connecting with them because they used to send them letters and so on. And these people would financially support us in what we did. And I used to hate it because you'd sort of do a service and, to be honest with you, some of them were pretty dry. You know, I didn't know any of these people. They weren't part of my world. I sort of saw them every two years and I didn't know who they were. I was just the kid with my brothers. And so... It was never just the service. It was always be these long conversations afterwards, sometimes for a couple of hours of my parents sort of, you know, people coming and talking to them. How was it going? They're probably repeating the same stories over and over. And, you know, but it was important because they wanted to know what they were supporting. And I have this memory of me sitting outside this church on, on this white curb. 
just sitting there, there was like the curb and there was this garden. And it had this edge on the garden. And sitting on the edge of this garden and just being bored out of my nut because here we were another Sunday sitting outside this place while my parents, and the way I saw it, my parents were asking for money, which is one really what they were doing. They were sharing what they were doing and their journey was part of what they did. But that's how I saw it at eight. And so I had this negative context of to get money out of God, you have to keep asking and it's a really hard thing and it's like extracting you know, blood from a stone. And that formed for me how God provides for me without me really knowing. Now, as I went through this process that we're going to, I'm going to do it at the moment, I'm going to also do this process. So it's between you and God. It's not something you share with the room. I'm just telling you my story, all right? But as I went through this process this week and really sat down and, and wrote down, and I'll teach you the process, but as I went through and really focused in on this, this time, I actually realized something significant that has changed how I think about the situation. Because my parents gave me a couple of years before this, this, this Bible, and it had these awesome pictures all the way through it. You know, illustrations of the things that were full color and had this, this wraparound cover on it that had this really cool sort of, you know, picture on it and used to zip up. And, and so sitting there on, on the edge of that garden, on that curb, absolutely bought out of my nut, I, used to, I started reading the Bible that I had in my hand because we had to carry our Bible to church because it's a good thing to have your Bible in church. And so I'd sit there and I started reading it and, and looking through some of the pictures. It was actually there that I started to fall in love with God's Word. In that moment of sitting there for, well, that moment, that hour or whatever it was, of sitting there on the curb, you know, my brother's, you know, throwing rocks or whatever it was, that I actually really started, the Bible started to come alive to me. And I look at the pictures while I was reading the stories and, you know, because about every probably 10 pages there'd be this awesome color picture there. And, and it, the Bible started to come alive for me and I started to fall in love with God's Word. And I never realized that until this week. Because I'd always clouded my memory with, oh, we're going to try and get some more money. Which is actually not what my parents were doing. They were just sharing their experiences and their story with people that had supported them and encouraged them. And I realized two things. One, that was a really important point in my life. Because that's when God's word and God became real to me. And secondly, I know how people think. And if someone was considering supporting my parents, walking out and seeing one of their kids reading the Bible on the curb can be a real game changer for some people because it would say, hey, their kids are doing all right. They must be doing something right. Maybe we should get behind this. So what for me had always been a negative experience when I actually reframed it through God's lens was actually one of the most life-changing positive experiences of my life. And it changed how I thought about God. It changed how I thought about his provision and his blessing. And that thought actually led on to about several other thoughts of different times in my life where God really did amazing things. You know, I remember our first house and, you know, and during that time I was studying and we were really struggling, um, you know, and paying the mortgage was a, was a stress at times and just living at times was a stress in, in our very first house. And yet because I broke the thought of that first one, it actually started to show me God's provision and his blessing through different stages of my life. And when we bought our first house, how God really blessed us in, in getting into that place, you know, he provided $10,000, a $60,000 house. When we went to buy it, the bank said, we won't finance it at 60000 We don't think it's worth that. We don't think it's worth forty. And so we went back to the owners and we said, this is what they're saying. And they say, that's what the bank's saying it's worth. That's what it's worth. So it took $20,000 off the price, just like that. So a $60,000 house, we've already taken $30,000 off. Isn't that God? You know? It ended up being the only house in that whole area because it used to have this laneway down the back. And um, the, someone in their wisdom built the houses all backwards. 
basically on this laneway because it was a, it was a Holmes West area, and they said that it was a good thing to have community. What they became was really great escape routes for people who were robbing the houses. <laughs> so they went through, and they actually while well, there they blocked off all these laneways. So we actually gained an extra probably eighty meters onto the back of our block, and it suddenly became a subdividable block. Mm-hmm. And we ended up selling the block off for about half of what we bought the whole lot for. That's God. Now in this process, what we, what you're doing is is you're actually bringing the memory from way back here in the filing cabinet, all right? You're bringing it up on your little computer screen at the front, all right? And if you have a Word document, you know when you bring a Word document up on your computer or anything like a document up on your computer? Suddenly that document is at your mercy, all right? Now, you have your bit of paper. I'm going to try and do this. Maybe we should get Dale. Dale, Dale could be my wonderful assistant. You got a pen? Let me grab a bigger pen. All right. Your first step is you need to gather your thoughts. So what you do is, in the middle of your page, write finances. Put a circle around it. I hear my notes. All right. So you gather your thoughts. Then you reflect. How did you feel? Okay. So you've written down that. You've got particular thoughts you come up. You're writing off there how you feel about it. Okay. And it starts to get more and more complex. I started with about five things. Now mine looked like that by the end of it. And then I wrote more notes on the back. All right, need a bigger piece of paper, but I write small so I get away with it. All right, there's there's a heck of a lot of words on there, but they really help me understand how I saw God in this area. When it comes to healing, I believe that God will do anything, and that He will do it for me. When it came to finances, I came to realize that God can, but I didn't necessarily think He would for me, because of how I had formed and the thoughts that I had. And so going through this process helps you to build that thought why why do i think like that and holy spirit reveals to you the areas and then you have to go to that memory and ask god to show you how to do it you have to revisit you have to revisit the memory and you may want to do that here or you may want to do that at home that's up to you revisit the memory and ask god to show you him in that memory show you where he is like i did with mine you know it was always this negative i mean it probably never was two hours it just felt like two hours you know of my parents doing their stuff and me bored uh there was was no reward that i saw there was no point that i saw in me being there in that situation it was just boring you know and i just used to wear suits and always be ties and dressed up and look impressive and you know because they were the sort of churches that we're at and but as I revisited it and I let Holy Spirit speak to me in there, he started to open my eyes to what he did through that situation, to where God was in that situation. And it changed my perspective completely. It's now a good memory rather than a bad memory. You have to revisit it and let God heal it. All right? You have to let him heal it. But not just once. You actually need to walk through this process for about seven minutes a day for 21 days to change and solidify the memory in the right way. So if you've got several memories that are painful around there, you need to go to each one and take time. And this is the problem is we don't ever want to take time. We want this instant, you know, but that's not how God works. God's not in a hurry. He made time. He's bigger than time. You need to take the time at least seven minutes every day with each memory and go there with God and let him show you. When you have a revelation of the good stuff, write it down and it'll start to flow. I, I wrote one thing and suddenly I was scrolling this whole page of things where it, as that one broke, it broke this, it broke that, it broke that. It became this chain reaction of thoughts and memories that I'd seen negatively but actually were positives. 
And it became this journey throughout my life because that one thought framed how I saw probably the next 20 years. But as that thought changed and became in line with how God saw it, every other memory after that, the perspective changed. And it changed how I thought and how God sees things. And when you start to do that, then that word of God that you're putting in suddenly has room to take root. Does that make sense? Because you've taken out where it belongs. It's like having a weed growing in your garden. You know, if you have this bare patch of ground, remember the church in Carol Louise have this, there's a church there, there's this car park, and behind this car park was this area probably about as big as this block. And it was always a weed patch, probably still is. A weed patch and weeds used to grow there and they used to have these busy bees every three or four months where we'd go out and get shovels and just sort of scrape over the whole ground and get rid of all the weeds but guess what would happen in the next couple of weeks the weeds would grow back why because there was nothing there to replace it but if we tried to plant something there with all the weeds there what would have happened the weeds would have choked it out it's in the bible that, isn't it with the word of god that the weeds choke it out you've got to go through and pull all the weeds out and then plants the good seed of God in that place. It's the same with this and these memories. You need to go through, you need to address the memory and pull the weeds out, get God's perspective and then plant the good thoughts. 21 days, 7 minutes every day, each thought. What does God actually say about that thought? Until that thought is planted in good soil and strong. And then you have the new thought, which means you can go on because then the word has life and can produce 30, 60, 100 fold in your life. And you can do this in any area. Anything you want to add? Because I know it's a very summarized version. Yeah, what Phillips is talking about is what they call active reach. So it's actually when you've discovered what those thoughts are and you've written them all down and you've reflected on them and you, then you actually go, what am I going to do about that memory? What am I going to do about what I know is a toxic thought? Because if you don't replace it, as it said, the other weeds just grow up. So it's what am I going to do because that's your active part of that and that's what's really important. They actually do something. So you sit there and you reflect and you look at it again and you go, all right, God, what can I do to change this? Because when you think, it brings change. Thinking brings change. And so think about, all right, what am I going to do to change it? What does God's word say about this? How can I change it? How can I change what I've been thinking about this? And it's every area of our life. It's not just finances. It's you know, our relationships, it's our family relationships, it's our parents' relationships, it's our kids. How do we think, how we, when we think, we change. So to actually go, when you're doing that revisit, is it actually after you've revisited and reflected on it and going, all right, I want to change how I think about this. And that's your active reach. Go to God's word, go to God and say, I want to change. What does God say? What does God say? And that's where... God's word comes into effect in our life because you're actively going, I am going, when I think about this memory, I'm going to put this in there now. That's what I'm going to believe. Now, Phila, he says he's got healing in his pocket now because he went through, and he wasn't a very healthy kid. He went through and he just went, you know, I'm thought about how I was sick as a kid, but this is what God says. And so he let God heal his emotions about being unwell as a kid. And then he started to put God's word in. Every time he thought about sickness, instead he'd go, no, this is what God says. And that's how he's changed. So when you think about finances or think about relationships or think about your father or your mother, is this is what my memories are. But what does God say? And actively make a decision, actively reach and say, this is what I'm going to think about this because this is what God says. 
that no matter what has happened, that he works all things out together for those who love him according to his purpose. No, no matter what has happened to me, that this will work out good. No matter what's happened, whether it be abuse, whether it be you know, loss, whether it be disappointment, that we can put God's word in there, but we've got to face what's in there in the first place. Because sometimes as Christians and as a church, we've taught that we just, you know, just gossip over. Oh, Jesus has done all that. And, and you know, he has... But often we just have these little barriers up where we let God in, but we don't let him in there because that's too much hurt. God wants us whole. So I encourage you through this week to take the time because as you think, you change and think deeply. And it's okay. God says it's going to be all right because he's got you. So that, I mean, it's powerful stuff. You know, that's what the verse in Romans 12 is all about. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He's going renew all the stuff that you're thinking about with what he says and you will know the perfect will of God. And I know all of us want to grow and this is one of the ways we do it. All right, I really encourage you. 21 days. So by the end of February, 28, so just make it February. There you go. Make sure it's right in there. So by the end of February, you can actually have changed completely how you think on that point. And you can do this with any area. It's a breakthrough. Change how you think. Yeah? Don't get too excited. <laughs> All right. Father, we thank you. Lord, I pray Holy Spirit continued revelation. We thank you for what you've shown us already, and we pray continued revelation, continued understanding that we will see our lives as you see them. We'll see ourselves as you see us, Lord, our past, our present, our future, that we'll look through your eyes. And Lord, you bring healing and release in every area of our life. That you be glorified. We just put ourselves in your hands, Holy Spirit. Pray your blessing on every person here in Jesus' name. Amen.